have a lot of like weird theories about this. Ill, like half-formed and ill-shaped theories. Dump on the Ump, Season 3, Episode 14. We're going to talk more about what? Jesse's half, half-formed half ideas today. One of his half-formed... Like, you know, every episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is a baseball podcast plus Jesse's half, half-formed ideas. <laughs> um, my name is Joel. Speaking of half-formed ideas, before we get started, thanks... To everyone who listened last week on SoundCloud and on iTunes, they really like Jesse's half-formed ideas. Uh, really? Jesse, what do you think about that? D- did we get some reviews? We did get no. We did get some reviews. We got some Facebook comments, um, but we got quite a few uh-huh. few hits on the SoundCloud and the iTunes. So that was exciting. I think. Really. I- I thought that we decided that those were all sex bots. Well, uh, then we're just getting more sex bots, which is good, too. Uh, yeah. But the sex bots great. like Jesse, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, we all knew that going into this. <laughs> um, my name is Joel. With me, as per usual, are Sam and Jesse. How are Hi, you guys yeah. doing? Hello. Uh, doing well. Um, yep. It's been raining a lot pretty much every day. There's like three thunderstorms up here. Really? And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I, I've never seen like this much rain, or I've never been paying this much attention before. Didn't you grow up know, in one or the other? Been, like, it's been offensively nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's been like, I was so nice yesterday I had to go to the movies because it made me angry how nice it was. <laughs> What, what did you see? Yeah. Wonder Woman. Oh, I, oh good. I saw Wonder Woman over the weekend. Yeah, it's nice. good, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, it's good, yeah. No, yeah. I thought it was I enjoyed good. it. Yeah. But I also liked it the first time I saw it when it was called Captain America. Right. Because <laughs> I don't know if right. you guys saw that movie, but it was ex- the exact same fucking movie. We like, talked about it. Yes. It was exactly the same movie, sometimes like frame by frame. <laughs> it was like It was like eerily similar. Like, they might have a copyright, you know, argument there. No, Sam. Well, Captain America is World War II. Wonder well, Woman thing. is World War One. They're clearly I, different. I kind of agree with Sam because they don't treat the Germans in this movie like they're not Nazis, you know? It's like, it's right. like oh, they're pre-Nazis, you know? It's like, no, this is a different regime in Germany, and they're just power-hungry, just like the rest well, of the... Colonial powers, you know. It's not. It's not just the war thing, though. It's like there is a evil villain with a seriously disfigured face who's developing like a super special, like killer weapon that will change the tide of the war and like make the Germans win. And they're like mm-hmm. operating behind the powers that be is back to like, you know become more powerful themselves with their super, you know? That's also, that's just like a long-running tradition in movies to use that as a frame. Like, think of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's exactly, you just described Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right, but with the, like, deformed face aspect? Yeah, the guy's face melts, face. And, um, I get that's his hand. His hand that has the burned burned amulet in it. That guy's just weird looking, and then his face melts off. That movie that scared the living me hell too. out of me when me that too. happened. When mm-hmm. I saw that, mm-hmm. I I like. 
I had to turn the movie off. I remember one time when I was a kid. I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark again about six months ago and uh, realized that the character of Indiana Jones actually has zero effect on the plot of that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Like, you could take him out and exactly the same things would happen. The Nazis would get, like, he doesn't stop the Nazis from getting the Ark of the Covenant. He doesn't stop the Nazis from getting to that island. They capture him, they tie him up, and there's nothing that he does or does not do that causes the Nazis to open the Ark and get their faces melted off. Right. Mm. He does go along for the ride, though. He goes along for the ride. Right. Yeah. That's sort of true. Oh, sorry. He, like, throws that guy into the hell, like, the, the propeller of the... Right. Sure. He gets in a couple fights. Right. Like but wasn't that true? Snakes. Yeah. That would be kind of true of like most Harrison Ford movies. Like, <laughs> like no, I'm thinking like, does Han Solo really direct the action in that in, in Star Wars? No, or but is he, it just like, at no. the end of the first movie, he's the one who his return. He saves Luke Skywalker by shooting. Yeah. Darth Vader out of the sky. Doesn't kill Darth Vader, but he shoots mm. him down. Shoots him away. Alright. Well, that is ex- that falls exactly into the criteria for my half-baked ideas. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think we could list lots of Harrison Ford films. Well. Um, Blade Runner? Oh, Air does, he, does he do anything yeah. in Blade Runner? He doesn't really do anything in Blade Runner. Yeah, I don't know. That Nothing really. Yeah, I also don't really remember what happens in Blade Runner. Like, either. he doesn't kill Redgo Howard's robot character. The robot just then expires, and it's very sad. Melancholic. Right. And they're remaking Blade Runner this year. They're making it's, this year. it's a sequel. Harrison Ford's going to be in it. That's oh, the other thing. Sequel. Harrison Ford is just reinserting himself into all of his old movies. He's done a Star he's done Star Wars, he's done Indiana Jones, he's done Blade Runner. I don't know what else Sam, he could do. Sam, did you and I see Indiana Jones in theater when it came out again? Ugh, what a fucking crop of horseshit. The alien one? Oh yeah. With but did Shia you and I see it together? Yeah, I think so. We did? I feel like we did. I don't and I yeah. don't remember it at all. That movie's just, terrible. Yeah. I think that like I don't know. I might have fallen asleep. It was really bad. I I feel like I did too. And I don't. I didn't even remember before we started talking about this that they remade it. Either. Yeah, Wait. Oh, was that Shia that. LaBeouf? Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. The Beef. The Beef. The Beef. Shia the Beef. Yeah. The cow. <laughs> the cow. Excuse me. <laughs> um. <laughs> speaking of terrible remakes, I have not seen the new Mummy movie. I hear it is oh, absolutely terrible. I have yeah, no plans to see that movie. No, me either. But if I told they you... my lost the handle on that franchise when Brendan Fraser left. That's what I think. See, right. yes, I agree. When, when he left. Yeah. Oh, the Brendan Fraser ones were great. Why did you have to yeah. do anything to that? I Did yeah. I mention on the podcast that I've been trolling Tom Cruise on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, you told me that. But have I mentioned it on the podcast yet? Part of a uh, dump on the ump Twitter persona now is that we hate Tom Cruise and say only mean, nasty things about Tom Cruise. Whether or not he deserves it. I started this because I discovered that Tom Cruise is older than Brendan Fraser. Okay? He's like six years older than Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser is 48. Tom Cruise is 54. Tom Cruise... half as talented. Yes. Tom Cruise is also older than Russell Crowe, who is the old guy in the Mummy movie. Right. Right. Russell Crowe drinks a lot, so... Right. Right. Tom Cruise just has... Do you think... Tom Cruise has had plastic surgery, right? yeah, I think he probably, probably sleeps in, like, one of those, like... Yeah, Scientology, you know, CRISPR, bats. CRISPRs, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, his, uh, his, his Phaeton level is super high. Yeah. He's, good. <laughs> <laughs> he's got all the Phaetons. Yeah. That's how that works, right? Get all the Phaetons. Uh, yes, it's I like, definitely know a lot about Scientology, and that's definitely how it works. It's basically the same thing as Pokemon. You catch yeah. them all. It's Pokemon Go, the religion. <laughs> Pokemon Go, the religion? Um, what was I, I was going to say something about... Oh, okay. Um... What happened to Brendan Fraser, though? I haven't seen him he's in a movie around. probably a decade. Yeah, no, I think he's around. Is he's... he just is he just like on Broadway doing like off or off Broadway? Excuse me. And maybe commercials because like, I know he was trolling. No, Tom. I haven't seen him on any commercials. That's a good question. And, and my follow up question right is: now. My follow up question is, Joel, are we just all have we reduced ourselves to the level of a troll now? Are we just trolls? <laughs> Uh, no, just a, that's, a that's Twitter what Twitter persona. is for. Like, there's yeah. nothing that else that a Twitter account should be used for, I think. Besides trolling. I I think that's true. I think I think our Twitter account does a good job of trolling Tom Cruise. Um, he's got two TV shows coming out in 2018. Really? He's got a movie coming out this year, two movies coming out this year. I don't know what what his part is in it. Uh, he's, in, <laughs> he's in the TV show The Affair. Oh, really? This year, I don't know. I don't know what that oh, is. Rosina, my wife watches that. Yeah, he's in it. That program. He's in the miniseries Texas Rising. Never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, he's in The Nut Job. 2000, oh, that's 2014. <clears throat> so yeah, he's got some stuff coming out. Oh, guys, so huh. don't worry. What? He's got some stuff coming out, so don't worry. Okay, good. Oh, perfect. He's in a TV series coming out in 2018 called Condor, Joel. So good. Okay, there I, we go. I imagine that's the the Joel Condor. Starring Brendan Fraser as Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should support him on Twitter then. In his yeah, let's say right, here's here's the question: Brendan Fraser plays you. Who plays your parents? I would say, uh... Harrison Ford. Her oh, wow. Harrison <laughs> Ford is Rick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as Chris, let's say... Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep <laughs> as Chris. Wow. What a power of duo. Well, that's um, a TV show I could get into. <laughs> Harrison Ford and Brendan Fraser were both in the 2010 movie Extraordinary Measures. I feel like his parents that. might actually get offended because aren't both those actors like way older than they are? Yeah, no, no. I don't think so. Meryl Streep might like, be. Maybe. Maybe about I feel like Harrison Ford is like 80 years old. No, that makes... I bet... That's a good question because Brendan Fraser's older than I am. That's true. Well, yes, by about 18 years, 15 years, Joel. Oh, I see what you're saying. So because, the uh, whole thing, it could be us set in the year 2028. 20, right. Oh, and God. Are we, is that when we'll be 48? No. 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 2032. 30, 40, 40, yeah, we'll be in our yeah, mid-40s. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I don't like birthdays, Jesse. <laughs> I never said that you should like birthdays, man. Um, anyway. Oh, because I wished you happy... Wait, is this me wishing you a happy birthday coming back? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. I feel... Classic. I really like Brendan Fraser. He kind of got stuck in that, am I a comic actor or action actor. Right. Does that well, make sense? Well, he's got one of those, like, it's because he's got, like, a plastic face. Yeah. It, like, he kind of is just, like, he's got a lot of, like, extended feature. You know, it's like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, woo. kind of big and goofy. I think, I think Airheads might be the greatest movie of all time. That's right. See, actually. I would say, I would say Encino Man might Encino, be the greatest movie of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, they're, like, one and two, neck and neck. Encino know? Man is definitely a classic. He was in some weird I mean, ones. But Airheads, come on, Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi and that's true. And yeah. Brendan Fraser is like that's where they, is that where they heads? take over the radio station? 
Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think, is it David Spade who is the DJ? No. No, David Spade is in that movie, though. Of course. If, at, at the time, if Adam Sandler was in it, Spade yeah. was in it. Yeah, Brendan <laughs> Fraser, Adam Sandler, and Steve Buscemi. That's bizarre. Do you think... Yeah. Is, never mind, we should stop talking about this, but I feel like Steve Buscemi is older than Adam Sandler and Brendan Fraser. Definitely. I don't know. He didn't look weird, though, yeah. No, no, he's like 60. He looks least. like a Chris monster. Chris Farley was, was in say, that movie. I was going to say I would have Steve Buscemi play me in the Jesse Covenant story. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> or you could just be in, like, in Joel's show. Oh, as, oh, he just played me in your, in your movie? In your Lifetime movie? <laughs> so Steve Buscemi as Jesse, and then... Brendan Fraser as The Paul. Rock as... Uh, the Rock as Sam? <laughs> yes. That would be so awesome. Vin Diesel as Sam Sherman. <laughs> no, not Vin Diesel. I want The Rock. You want The Rock? Yeah. Or we should have all muscle heads play. So then I would have... Um, <laughs> I think I would have... Uh, what was I going to Maybe, uh... Steve Buscemi's pretty good. Also, Six Degrees, The Rock really got his big, big screen debut in um, The Scorpion King, which was a, sh- a shot off of The Mummy, and he was a CGI villain in The Mummy Returns, starring Brendan Fraser. All I'm saying is that all these guys should know each other, Harrison Ford and The Rock and Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi, they're all friends, so they could they would love to do our sitcom about us and our lives. Oh, it's a sitcom. I thought it was like a movie. Oh, I was gonna. Yeah, I thought it was a docudrama. Oh, like I, so... I like the idea of it being a sitcom, like laugh track <laughs> three cameras set. <laughs> Sorry, Mel Streep, Harrison Ford, Steve Buscemi, <laughs> and The Rock. That'd be the most fucked up show in the world. It would be like. Just a lot of, like, zingers, like, oh, Rick, come on. (laughs) And then it'd get real dark real fast at some point. Joel, did you leave your dinosaurs out again? (laughs) I guess that'd be like you guys, you playing as a child, though. That would make no sense. (laughs) Brendan Fraser as as you as a child, that would be very strange. He was in well, G.I. Joe. Right? They have that, like, age-reversing technology, like, CGI stuff, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, in Tron, where, the, like, what's-his-name is yeah. super young. Yeah. We could have Jeff Bridges, like, 20-year-old Jeff Bridges. Right. Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Also fell asleep when I watched that movie. Or I just turned it off. Sure. It was, like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch that movie. Hmm. It's, like, just a bunch of toothpaste lines, you know? Didn't Daft Punk do the uh, soundtrack for that, though? Um, I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. Google that. That'd be... It would make sense. They, they look like Tron. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway. Tron 2010. Anyway, we talk about baseball on this podcast. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> but movies is good, too. That was That was good. Don't don't go see the mummy. Go see yeah. Wonder Woman and whatever new thing Brendan Fraser is gonna do. Yeah. And rewatch I'm serious, rewatch Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones is completely superfluous to the plot of that movie. Huh. What's it called when you don't troll someone and you like say positive things about them? Positive trolling, I believe. I do that too. What's is there not a different term for it? Like you are like you're dwarfing them or burying them or something? Or <laughs> I think that's a different thing altogether. I'm getting goblin. The... I'm gonna go goblin you. That's actually okay. Go- <laughs> goblining goblining is a, is like that. What does that mean? I don't know. It's bad. It's probably got it's something. Like stealing yeah. their chickens, you know. <laughs> <laughs> When you just kill their livestock for no reason. <laughs> you burn their you burn all of their grain. <laughs> their grain stores <laughs> through the air. That's when you goblin somebody. But anyway, the takeaway from this segment of the podcast is that Brendan Fraser is cool and Tom Cruise sucks. <laughs> and yep. so don't go see the moment. 
So That's don't go see the mummy. And then, but also, then watch, you know, Wonder Woman and then Captain America back to back. Yeah. You can skip high school history class entirely. <laughs> That's true. Because uh-huh. you got, yeah, you just got it all there. Or just play them side by side. Or I'm sure someone's going to do that. If, like, do a split screen of Wonder Woman and Captain America and see if they actually, like, line up, up scene by scene. Mm. I bet it'd be well, pretty close. There's no Amazons in Captain America. True. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like a male Amazon, though. What's the entire... Oh, the entire first act of Captain America is him in the U.S. before he gets he's like, powerful. He's like, he's like a... Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. So that was, that's how that would match up. Hmm. Okay, good questions. Um... Did you guys watch any baseball? I did watch a baseball game, actually. What? 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 Yeah, I know. <laughs> What'd you... I know. <laughs> what did you watch? On? on Sunday. Well, the Mariners had had a six-game winning streak, and I was doing some of stuff, and I just had the ball game on in the background on Sunday. And uh, they're playing the Astros. I was like, oh, this will be a fun game to watch. They lost. It's a horrible game, actually. It's <laughs> 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 like... Oh, they're, they like, oh, they keep, like, the guy keeps loading, like, the uh, Astros pitcher keeps loading the bases by walking everyone, and then the Mariners <laughs> don't actually drive in a run. Oh, right? I hate it when that happens. Classic. Uh, um, I watched some baseball. You know, I watched a good amount of baseball. The Red Sox were playing uh, almost exactly 500 ball. Uh, at one point, I think it was Sunday or Saturday I was watching the game. It was Sunday. They were playing the Angels, and then oh, that was right. Was it? No, it was Friday because I texted you guys because uh, AJ Brzezinski was the commentator. Right. And now, was this on ESPN or was it on a local? Fox. It was on Fox. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was the Fox National Broadcast, and AJ Brzezinski, of course, was the like the color commentator. And I kind of feel like, you know, we should maybe do a Fox broadcaster, like, all-star team. And it would be, like, A.J. Brzezinski and, like, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. And uh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose, yeah. yeah. And Pete Rose. <laughs> no, Fox has some shady, shady motherfuckers in their broadcast booth. Yeah. Like, what's that guy's name? Uh, who was, like... The Big Juicer from Texas, mm. maybe Gonzalez. It's kind of just another one of those guys who probably has 500 home runs, but everyone kind of forgot about because he was just like on so many steroids. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's his name? Uh, Putt? Wait, the, the catcher? Not the catcher. Uh, he was an, like an outfielder. Oh. I don't oh, know. No, I was thinking of Pudge anyway. You're um, not talking about Frank Thomas, are you? No, he was the Sox. Right. He never played. Well, he never played for Texas. Texas Ranger. Are you of Adrian? Wait, who's Adrian Gonzalez? No, not him. This is like older. This is like in the same era of like Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds. Oh, I don't know. Jose Canseco. <laughs> but anyway, he would be on that team also. Canseco and Barry Bonds. Yeah. But anyway, the Red Sox. The point of that story that I was trying to make is that. If they lost that game on Friday, they would have been gone back and forth between a win and a loss for 10 games straight. <laughs> so, like, win, lose, win, lose, and they did. They lost that game. Huh. Are they still tied with the Yankees? Uh-huh. They've been tied for a while then, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, it's probably since, probably since Friday. Mm-hmm. The Yankees lost, like, a bunch of games in a row, didn't they? Right. They did. And the Red Sox, like, played 500 ball throughout that whole time, so... Right. So they gained on them, but not enough, not a whole bunch? Uh, I think but, they were, like, down four games, and they ended up a game ahead, and now they're tied. The Yankees... At one point, they were a game ahead in first place. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are playing the White Sox right now. They played their first game 
Yesterday, Yankees won 6-5. to five. Chapman got the save. The White Sox were down 6-1 going into the bottom of the ninth um, and managed to score four runs, but they couldn't win the baseball game. White Sox have lost four in a row now and seven of their last ten and are now, let me double check, yes, they are the worst team in the AL at 32-43. So, trade deadline's coming up. What do you see happening with them? Well, the big question, and I'm actually, I'm watching, keeping one eye on the game right now, uh, Jose uh, Quintana is pitching tonight against the Yankees. Uh-huh. He is their big trade chip, right? Even right. before the season started, there were talks yeah. about, well, Houston's going to need another pitcher, and Quintana will be that the guy for them. But he's had a pretty rough season so far. Now, whether right. or not that's all his fault, I think is debatable. But he's had two quality starts in a row. So if he has a quality start tonight, that would be three in a row for him, which would be good news for the White Sox. So he's their big chip that they can deal to Houston, let's say, because Houston is really the team, the competitive team, I believe, who needs another starter for the rotation. Right. The problem with that is it might be a buyer's market to other teams, I think, the Mets and Baltimore are teams that might be selling when they weren't anticipating being sellers this year because they've both kind of been in in the shitter for a while. The Mets are going to sell, man. They got to. They've already said they will. Oh, I, yeah. We can do a... I want to kind of do a whole Mets segment in just a second because okay. yeah the Mets yeah. Are, are a dumpster that's on fire right now yeah and sorry so go on keep going with your, your well that that was uh, that was you know that was I was almost done that Quintana is really yeah. their chip that they can deal and how big of a haul can they get for Quintana like we've talked about they've got the guys that they got from the Chris Sale sale that are coming up the pipe. The guys from the Adam Eaton sale to the Nationals that are coming up their pipe. Right. They've got Abisail Garcia, <coughs> Melky Cabrera, Jose Abreu. They could, I mean, if they get lucky and they get some good quality parts, they could be competitive sooner than later. Their pitching sucks, though. Right. And so I don't know how long it would take them to get a, a decent uh, rotation together. And I don't know if, if they would have to sell Quintana for less than they want to because of the Mets and the Orioles. Well, I don't think the Mets are going to move necessarily any of their like key pitchers, you know? First of all, everyone's on the DL for them. So. Right. You know, I don't think that they're probably going to get what they want from, for, like, Syndergaard or, uh, who I don't think they would trade anyway. I was going to say. Who I, don't, who I think they probably would trade, but it's just on the DL right now. Um, but I think that they'll probably hang on to Syndergaard and DeGrom and try to move, you know, more of their position players, you know, Jay Bruce or, well, you know, Cespedes or whatever. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel, I agree, I feel like Syndergaard is not touchable. I don't know about DeGrom. Maybe. Uh, he's like their number two. Yeah. He's like almost as good. With like similar hair. Just not I know, I, the, the haircuts, that's a big thing. For the lack yeah. of haircuts. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so the Mets... What are they at? We've talked about this before. The, the Washington Nationals are dominating in that division. Right? Well, 
if we can just step back a little bit and say, talk about how the National League fucking sucks this year. So bad. There are one, two, three, four, five teams above 500 in the entire National League. Hmm. And three of them are in the West. And, no. No. Oh, yeah, six. 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 There's six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And three of them are in the West. And yeah. the Dodgers, who are in third place in the West, have a better, have a almost the same record as the Nationals. The Rockies. The, the Rockies are in third place in the West. 47 and 32. Right no, the Dodgers are in first place in the West. What? Look again, dude. The Dodgers have, the Dodgers have been... Oh. They've won... They had won 10 in a row until last night. Right. Do you see? Yeah. Yeah, the Dodgers. The Rockies, the are, Rockies are third and better... Your point's still valid, but... The Rockies are third place in the West... The, and they, they would be in first place yeah. in any of the other teams. Right. The so three, the three best teams in the National League are the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and the Rockies. Right. By like three, three games. Like the, yeah. the Rockies would be three games ahead of the Nationals. Yeah. So it's not a small mm-hmm. margin, you know. But the Mets are thirty-four. Well, they're better than the Phillies. The Mets are thirty-four and forty-one. They're ten and a half games. Out of first place, they've lost. They've gone four and six in their oh. last ten games. Um, and they've announced that they're going to be selling. Right. Uh, Open market. According to BaseballProspectus.com, the Nationals have a ninety-five point. Four percent odds of winning the division. Um, the Mets have a one point nine percent chance of winning the division. I like those odds. Right? Yeah, me too. I'm sure the Mets like those odds too. Yeah, so, I also like those odds for Sam getting like seven dollar tickets to the ball game. Oh, that's true. Because the odds of that happening are like in the nineties, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing we didn't talk about, this happened a while ago, I think about a week and a half ago, was Mr. Met had to apologize after he flipped off some fans. Did you read about that? Yeah. Don't they know that in New York you don't ever apologize for anything? That's the rule. (laughs) Right. Also, like, did he actually apologize? Because I thought they just fired that. Who was in the costume. The guy, the guy who was in the costume. <laughs> yeah, I thought they just fired him, and then, like, the organization was like, we're sorry, we fired the guy. Or no, they didn't fire him. They just said he would not be in the costume again. So what would he do? What would his job be? Huh? I don't know. There's, like, three different people who wear the Mr. Hat costume, and I think they'll probably also do other, like, other shit. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy gets to clean the toilets now. Right, well, just going to put him in charge of the t-shirt cannon, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe that would be the perfect job for him. Take out right, all of his aggression. Like, hey, fuck you, Mr. Bat. And then he just, like, mows them down with the t-shirt cannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, the great thing about it also, if you've seen the video, he's, like, walking down the tunnel, and the fans yeah. are, are jeering him, and he turns around... And he has to, of course, because he's got the big Mickey Mouse glove hand. Yeah, he doesn't have a middle finger. <laughs> so he has to physically hold down his other fingers. To f- no, it gives him the, the, like, up yours, like, slapping the elbow, like, fist upwards. You know what I mean? I don't think so. I think he's, he's he holds down his fingers. He's... All I'm saying, he has clearly done that gesture in that costume before. Like, this is someone who thinks ahead, how do I flip someone off wearing these giant Mickey Mouse hands? But, like you said, Sam, he may not technically have a middle finger because he's only got four fingers. 
So did he really flip them off? I don't know. Anyway, I thought that was hilarious. I think, you know, that's something you would expect the Philly fanatic to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Philly fanatic. Registered sex offender. <laughs> I mean, I, what, what even, what are you? What, who came up with the Philly fanatic? I really want to know now. I don't know. I think there was like, you know, someone in 19... 19- 79 was like, we gotta find a... We gotta get a mascot. We gotta get on board with this whole mascot thing. You know? We're like, the kids are all into drugs now. What? You know, we need something to get get them hooked. Yeah, we'll have the... The the nose will be a trumpet. The eyes will be googly. (laughs) And the body rotund. Green. It needs more green and purple. What? What? Why? I need more green, Joel. <laughs> the Phillies are like, that's not our color. It's the same guy who invented Grimace for McDonald's. Right. Right. You and, know what I mean? It's and like the, some like old school like graphic design company. It's like, oh, I know what you need. It's like undistinguishable creature made out of films, <laughs> you know? <laughs> the person who designed the Koosh Ball. Yeah, he does look like a koosh ball. God, the koosh ball. Um, all right, let's introduce the new the new. Uh, Wait, no, I got our, our series. I gotta say, he was invented in 1977. Ah. Based on the San Diego chicken. Ah. Uh, I can see that. He does kind of look like a chicken. The fanatic replaced Philadelphia Phil and Philadelphia Phyllis, a pair of siblings dressed in 18th century garb to invoke the city's revolutionary spirit from 1776. Sam, are you like hammering your phone with like a little ball peen hammer? No, I'm changing my background to the Mr. Met flipping people off, but I can do that later. Okay. <laughs> it's like thunk, 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 thunk. I mean, I don't care. so loud. This microphone's up on my face. Uh. Um, was the Philadelphia fillet like a fillet of fish? <laughs> no, they were two children dressed like like patriots. It was a whole like oh. like seven... the ghost twins that live in your house. <laughs> yeah, like the ghost twins that live in my house. Exactly. What the hell is the term fillet to me in terms of that? Phyllis. Their names. Phil and Phyllis. Oh, Phyllis. Phyllis. Like, I, th- I thought you said fillet. Like, oh. I heard fillet, oh, too. Oh, sorry. Some no, my bad. Some fish fillet. Oh, that would, be, that would be different. Isn't that just the British that say that? Fish yeah. fillet? Yeah. Because they're fucking... Yeah. <laughs> they can't pronounce French. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't. I don't know how to speak English, that's for sure. <laughs> if I know one thing about the English, they don't know how to speak English. Four years. I mean, I realized the name was named, like, it was named after them, but, like, they really screw it up. They Valet. Right. Uh, that really bothers me. Yeah, the team is silent, guys. Get it together. It's just because they hate the French. It's, it's just to spite the French. They bite off their nose to spite the French? Is that the saying? I think that's the saying. I bite off my nose to spite the French. I'm pretty sure that's the saying, yeah. Foyer. I hate it when people say foyer. Instead of foyer? Instead of foyer. Foyer. It's a fucking vestibule, Joel. Get it right. (laughs) It is a fucking vestibule. It's a fucking... It's a mud room. (laughs) So... It's an anteroom. It's an anteroom. Oh, I like that. Antechamber. Anyway, um, Jesse's got a new segment for us. Go ahead, Jesse. All right, it's called... Wait, it's we called... don't finish talking about the shooting events. Oh! So I feel like somebody should mention that Tim Tebow... Yes! Tim, I, yep, Tim just Tebow. Just playing, playing horrible baseball. Oh, uh-huh. Being like a total idiot fan. Like, you know, what is it? It's like a misdirection, you know? Yeah, he has... Included to what? To uh, high, high, high A from low A baseball. Um, here, I'll read this. Maybe. Yeah, what, what is that blowing sound? Me too. 
Stop walking, Sam. <laughs> I'm just like breathing really heavily into the microphone. Give me a break. Um, okay, Tebow's resume with the Fireflies was hardly awe-inspiring. In 64 games, he posted a 648 OPS, which would be poor for a third baseman, never mind a left fielder. Nor was his defense excellent, as his seven errors show. In fact, his overall performance was so poor that his promotion is one of the least probable in the last decade. I hate Tim Tebow so much. Uh, I didn't even know that he, like, I think he's one of those people that's like, let's just stop paying attention to him and he'll go away. That, I, that's, think that if, I think if white privilege had a mascot, it would be Tim, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is so bad. And people just keep giving him jobs, even though he sucks at that job. And right. the Mets. Well, go ahead. But let's let's be honest, because his job is not to play baseball. Right. His job is to be a media story. And if you think about it that way, he's fucking really good at his job. True. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nobody signed Tim Tebow at Pelosi. Twenty nine. 29, and they're like, you know what? This guy's going to make it to the majors and right. like impact our professional right. ball club. You know what I mean? Nobody right. said that. Right. But somebody in the marketing department was like, hey, anytime we want to change or like deflect our narrative, we just do something with this fucker. Uh-huh. And, and then that will become the story. And that marketing department is the New York Mets. Right. Yeah. Right, but I'm saying it's not somebody in the front office of, like, wasn't the press president of baseball operations who was like, hey, let's sign Tim Tebow. <laughs> it was the president of, like, marketing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is good for, you know, $100,000 jersey sales, you yeah. know? And, At the very least. And it gets people to come watch minor league baseball. Right, Wait, does he play for the Cyclones? No, St. Lucie? That's um, Florida. Yeah. St. Lucie, what do they call it? The St. Lucie Mets. Yeah, that's he's a fucking Florida boy, so like he's yeah. probably just like living with his parents, playing a little baseball, right. going, going to church, going, going to, to church, church, funneling beer. I don't think he drinks. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, right. He's Give like, me a break. He doesn't drink. He just drinks he like vacations doing missionary yeah. work in Africa. Yeah. Bullshit. That guy drinks more old Milwaukee than any of us. <laughs> <laughs> He's drank one in the past ten years. Then that would be true, I think. <laughs> yeah, I've actually... I take the back. <laughs> so the, the only other comparable person I'm thinking of, of course, is Michael Jordan who played double-A ball. He was in the White Sox organization. Played double-A right. ball for Birmingham. He was 31. Hit, he uh, only hit 556. The manager of that team? What? The manager of the double-A Birmingham team when he was playing there. Do you know who it was? Oh, I don't. Terry Francona. It's Terry, Terry Francona. Francona. Oh, it was? <laughs> yeah. What does Terry Francona have to say about... Michael Jordan, the uh, baseball player. There was a chapter about it in his book uh-huh. that I read. Um, and Michael Jordan came up to him at one point and was like, Hey, man, I really want to fly in between games because I don't want to take the buses. Because they were like, you know, double-A buses that were like, you know, shitty, broken-down double-A buses, you know? Uh-huh. Like from every minor league baseball movie that you've ever seen, it's uh-huh. those buses. You mean? And Francona was like, "No, you can't do that. You have to ride in the bus with everybody else." And then, like the next day, there was a fleet of brand new, like top of the line buses <laughs> in the parking lot that, like Michael Jordan had bought. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, about Tim Tebow, one thing I read about. One of the teams that he played against, it was a road game, and as a joke, 
on the scoreboard, every player for the Mets was listed as either Tim Tebow or not Tim Tebow. <clears throat> they had to apologize for that. To all the other players? I guess, to the league. They just had to make yeah. an apology. I thought it, it sounds funny to me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, no, screw the Mets. Right. The Mets suck. Anyway, let's get on to Jesse's segment. Yeah. Okay, so this segment is called Baseball Brain Teasers. And uh, it comes from a book that my wife found. Um, and it is written by a gentleman. What's the, what's, the name, what's the name of the book? It's called Baseball Brain, Brain Teasers, <laughs> Major League Puzzlers. Okay. And it's written by one Dom Forker. Huh. Oh. Which sounds like of the fakest name I've ever heard. <laughs> yep. Dom Forker. Yep. Yep. Uh, and there's a little blurb about him on the back. But I guess he's a real person. I guess. So this one, this this, uh, so it's a book with a number of different um, little uh, situations. It's sort of like an Encyclopedia Brown style, you know. Right. So little mysteries. So this is called under the chapter. Tricky Tactics. This is called The Player-Pitcher Switch. So, uh, it's sort of, I'm going to ask you guys a question and then answer it for me. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to read this to you guys. Let's say that the starting southpaw of the Phillies is in trouble late in the game against the Braves. Atlanta has runners on first and second, one out, and their cleanup hitter, a right-handed batter, at the plate. Yeah. The Phillies manager decides to relieve his star lefty with his best bullpen hurler, a righty. But he does not remove his star pitcher from the game. He puts him at first base and moves his first sacker to play third base. The relief pitcher gets the batter to hit a short ball to left field out. Then the manager returns the fielder from third to first and restores his star to the mound to pitch the next batter, who is a left-handed hitter. Can a manager switch pitchers this way? Uh, yes. Really? Yep. Why I don't so. they? I don't think that that's ever, like, when a pitcher's ready to come out, it's kind of... I'm going to say no, but I have no idea. I feel like if... And Sam, what do you say? Oh, hold on. ...to any position that you want. So, Sam, you're saying yes, that that's a legal move? That's a legal move. And so you say no. I don't think that there's a rule against moving. Like, so say you got a guy who's like, comes out of the game for a pinch hitter and somebody moves from left to right, right? And then later in the game, there's another pinch hitter and that guy moves back from right to left. Like, that wouldn't seem so odd, right? Uh-huh. It's the same thing, I think. All right, what's the answer, Jesse? So it says, um, as long as he stays in the game, a pitcher can return to the mound. The pitcher has replaced him, however, has to have hurled at least to one official batter. So huh. Sam is right. Huh. I guess... And then it, go- go and then it goes on to say... Manager Paul Richards of the White Sox used to be noted for that switch. One day, he substituted left-handed, uh, left-hander Billy Pierce for right-hander Harry Dorish when southpaw swinging Ted Williams was at the plate. Richards kept Dorish in the game, placing him at third base. When Pierce retired Williams, Dorish returned to the mound, retiring Pierce. The displaced third baseman, however, could not come back into the game. Oh. Right. So no matter once what, you, you come, lose a player. Right? Once you, you come know, out of the game... You cannot come back into the game. Right, right, exactly. So then the... But as long as you don't come out of the game, you can go to any position, I'm pretty sure. Right. So then the so trade-off is then pitch. you've got to have this pitcher play defense the rest of the game. Right. And hit Well, no. Well, you have Just to have... Just one batter. No, but the reliever... Right. No, but then you have to have a backup. No, then you, you take out... You take out the reliever. So what you do is you take out the reliever. Take out the reliever. So and then put third it, baseman out there. Right, okay. right. It's actually a pretty good... It's actually a move that people should use. It seems like a playoff move, you know? It's like one of those things uh-huh. that's like... You know, it's not a very sabermetric kind of move, but uh, 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Definitely not. But I feel like also, like, back in the day, in the days of Ted Williams, like, mm-hmm. like players were a lot more, like, less specialized. You right. know what I mean? Right. It, agreed. Right. So They're more well-rounded. Like, yeah. yeah. I feel like, you know, a pitcher could probably hang at third base for a, a batter, you know? Right. Right, the the one time you try to do that and your third base pitcher commits an error, you're screwed. Right, or injures himself. That's the other thing. That's the other reason why it doesn't happen anymore is because, like, pitching arms are worth so much money. And, like, you move your pitcher to first base and, you know, he sprains his ankle trying to, like, stretch to catch a ball or whatever. And, like is out for the rest of the season, then, like, you as a manager are just dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're right. Fired. But that's what I said. It's, it seems like the kind of thing you do in the playoffs, not not during the regular season, because there's no reason to, like... It's not such a dire situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, you're really going to go up here, like, great first baseman just to get a left-handed pitcher in there, you know? Right, and right. that... Yeah, I see what you're saying. Then it would make sense for a playoff game. All right. What manager playing in the major or managing the major leagues right now do you think would be most likely to make that? Oh, I don't know. Um. Right now. Right now, yeah. I don't know, man. Um. I don't know enough managers. I don't either. There was someone who before that would do a lot of that weird shit. Um, who was it? I don't know. Do you do you have a notion, yeah, who would, Sam? Who would you say, Sam? I do. Yeah, of course I do. That's why I asked. Yeah, no, right. You, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Mike Sosha for the Angels. Oh, huh. okay. Like, Interesting. Notoriously resistant to the whole sabermetrics way of running a baseball game. Uh huh. I just want to. I just want to do another job, man. Exactly. Okay, I'm going to work in the reactor floor. <laughs> okay, I've got an answer, and I don't know if it's a good one, um, uh, but my answer is going to be Jeff Bannister of the Texas uh, Rangers. Okay. And the only reason I don't know anything about Jeff Bannister, the manager, or like his managerial techniques. All I know is that Texas has, like, an absolutely atrocious bullpen that keeps losing them games. Um, over the weekend, they had a 9-2 lead on the Indians and ended up uh-huh. losing that game 15-9. Oof. Um, wow. And I remember he sounded... Not pissed, but definitely not happy with his bullpen after that game. So I could imagine someone whose bullpen keeps blowing leads for them might try something absurd or out of the box like that. Right, right, right. But I feel like, I don't know, a move like that, that's something that you'd only like attempt in the late innings of the game, right? Right. Because you're not going to bring out your one of your nine best hitters, which is whoever is the fielding player who has uh-huh. to come off the field in that switch, uh-huh. like in the third inning, you know? And I feel like in this day and age, like, there are enough bullpen arms that managers just don't even think to try to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cool. Okay, so let's do another one um, next week. I like this. We actually that was yeah. That was... We have a whole book. It's the kind of book that like I'm like really excited to show my eight 
uh, my nine-year-old nephew. Yeah. You know? Because he'll walk around and be like, Reading them aloud to no one in particular, basically. <laughs> Kids are the best. Kids do the darndest things. Um, we've got the best go- or the worst, Joel. The darndest. The darndest. The darndest. Darndest. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're fun. Kids. They're fine. Whatever. 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 I like worry about. I worry about stepping on them all the time. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's let's wrap this. Up. Let's 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 get the show on the road. Do we want to talk? We we got a few minutes. Do we want to talk all star balloting? Do we want to talk about superhero basketball teams? Do we want to talk about third thing that you guys have to come up with? Well, I'll say I mean, one thing about All Star Games. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about the All Star Game. I think it's the largest crock of shit in sports. It's like it's like oh but now we have the Olympics in the middle of the season. It's stupid. I think well, the game really itself is stupid. Field advantage though for the World Series, it's kind of a big deal. Really? Fine, but yeah. I think that it shouldn't be. I think it shouldn't be decided in the All Star Game. Yeah, I, might I know that it is, that. but I don't think yeah. it should be. Yeah. That's only because they I played. Like to, it. They don't. That's only because they played to a tie that one time. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. The black eye of Bud Selig that only is eclipsed maybe by the steroids era. <laughs> right. And the Montreal Expos. And the Montreal Expos. <laughs> um, and Don Zimmer. A <laughs> <laughs> blight upon baseball. Uh, I used to love the home run derby when I was a kid, and now I think it's the most boring shit I've ever seen. Sure. In my life. I think it's a good call. And people don't want to do it because they think it jinxes them, it throws them out of their rhythm. Right. Something. I'm confused by that. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You're an entertainer, so fucking get up there and dance, I say. They get paid to do <laughs> <Dance>. it. <laughs> yeah. they... Dance for your money. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll probably have a dance-off soon. Yeah. Um, so you're suggesting they just do like a Dancing with the Stars style home run derby? No, instead? I just want like a yes, Hollywood choreographed like oh. all star game. Both teams and all the managers come out and do the whole, you know, shake back. And That's forth. a fantastic idea. Yeah, sounds like a That's a. Uh, I think you got a thing going. Well, I think what you're looking for is some sort of like Super Bowl halftime show at the all star game. It's called volleyball. Volleyball? Yeah. Like, that sounds, that sounds an awful lot. That sounds like an awful lot like volleyball. Like, bo- know, like Bollywood? You mean it's like Bollywood? Yeah, like Bollywood. That would be pretty cool. No, I know. It's intentionally misleading. Right. Right. Huh. It's like, and they start, they start and you're like, oh, volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> or like, it could be across all sports and just like randomly you think you're going to a baseball game and it's just like a huge choreographed dance the whole time. You're on to some. It's just like you're one on to some for sure. It's completely replaced by a Bollywood style <laughs> like dance. Is there a winner and a loser or is it just a dance? Yeah, I mean. No, there's a clear winner. Clear winner. <laughs> I've seen a couple. There's, there's, a, there's definitely a villain hero, you know? Yeah, that's true. You can tell by their eyebrows. Deciding, right, yeah, exactly. By their eyebrows. Right. Um, oh, I had something I was going to share, and then I forgot about it. Did you ever? Did you ever come up with a a suitable answer for your ship of Theseus question, Jesse? Well, no, but I turned on the, my car today, and someone else was using that as a uh, uh, an allegory for allegory. Is that the right word? A metaphor? Excuse me. I think it's a metaphor. A metaphor for for um, this is kind of a crazy. This person was a fucking like 
they were an asshole, but they, they were they, they were English and they were talking about um the changing uh like you know the the large migration in Europe and influx of people to countries that have traditionally been white and Christian. And he was he was using the ship of Theseus theory about a country's culture, essentially oh, a country okay. like England. Um, uh, I mean, he he, he was a, he was largely you yeah. know I mean, he was a total xenophobe. And right. Like, okay. He's using it as gotcha. Keep going. No, I mean, but it was just interesting that like this is like this is. I think it all comes from this one podcast that I listened to that was using that as a metaphor and. Then everyone else listened to that, and then they've also been using that. I think that that racist guy was listening to our podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do have a large, of, like a large amount of like xenophobic yeah. Englishmen who listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If I, I put that forth that theory a while ago that a lot of our listeners are racist. Well, Sam, you're being on the national front, right? You're, yeah. you're into that kind of thing. I just don't believe in climate change. That's all. Oh, that's you. Okay, right. Yeah. I think that it's all a conspiracy to help Al Gore sell books. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. And what has he sold? He sold so many books. Yeah, he sold so many books. It's just a, it's a left-wing agenda to help Al Gore. On recycled paper. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I'm the flat oath theorist, me and Kyrie Irving. Oh, nice. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm, and I'm. I mean, there's uh, really no proof for it. Right? Yeah, I can, I, I can see if it was, if the world was curved, how can I walk in a straight line and not change direction? <laughs> and, uh, they and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty much pro. Because I'm a pro. Uh, you don't believe in evolution. I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was looking for the word evolution. Yeah, You're I don't believe in evolution. You guys heard the Scopes monkey trial? Yeah, that was me. I was, I was, I was <laughs> defending you. the uh, the monkey. No, no, opposing the monkey. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that good. Either defending or opposing the monkey. One of the two. <laughs> right. Wait, why were they allowed to put a monkey on trial in the first place? No, it place? wasn't actually a monkey. It was whether they were. Te- there was. It was. A, yeah. It was this famous case in like Tennessee or something. Where they were teaching evolution in schools, and like, it was like two famous lawyers, like Clarence Darrow and uh, uh, Eugene. um, No, William Jennings Bryan. Eugene Mc. William Jennings Bryan. Thank you. I mean Clarence Darrow, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, on each side, and um, so the famous movie called uh, "Inherit the Wind" about it. Um. Anyway, great movie, interesting story. I didn't come from dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, well, we've had cool, lots, cool. Of, lots of good uh, recommendations. So we recommend... Um, um, we recommend... Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, yeah. We recommend... Yeah. What else did we recommend? What's the book called? Uh, what book? The Baseball Riddles. Oh, oh it's called... Yeah. It's called Baseball... Brain teasers, major league puzzlers. Major league Wait, puzzlers. But don't don't get that though, because you could just listen to us answer. Yeah, yeah, answers. don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't buy it. And I'm pretty it's sure this book is out of You guys, don't worry. This book is most definitely out of print. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the I'm looking at when it was this book has been was printed, and it was 1986. How is that possible? Right. It looks brand new. <laughs> this is like Rosina, like. She definitely stole this from her school. It was like sitting in some closet somewhere in the school. You guys. Wrapped in plastic. Yeah, because it looks spanking new. On the last thing, and then we got to get going. On the last day of school this year, I found two spiral notebooks with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the cover from the 1991 movie. And they were from, I checked the the books, you know, like notebooks. They had been made in 1991. These two books had just been sitting in a box at the school I work at for, what is that, 26 years? Were they, were they empty? 
Uh, kids had written a couple pages in them, but not not very many. Yeah. They were mostly empty. I feel like you could sell those on eBay to collectors. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I gave I gave them to a guy. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I it, I gotta take a picture. Picture found the about the author page. Uh huh. Picture the caption is the author. Absurd picture of two. Wait, you're breaking up. Um, on a base. <laughs> of two. I'm going to take a picture and send it to you guys. Two what's on a base? To definitely go on. Okay. All right. Uh, this has been Dub on the Ump. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye, you guys. All right. Bye. Have bye. a good evening, and we'll see you next week. Be bye. sure to listen, share, comment. All right. Katie Perry. Don't go see the Tom Cruise mummy. Yeah. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Just watch the Brendan Fraser uh, mummy. It's better. Or the one with the rock.